folks, welcome to another episode of The Sidelines, episode 39, coming to you live in your ears or on delay or downloaded on demand like a piece of uh, Netflix content. Uh, my name is Court Sage Hart, I'm the host, I'm here with my other host, my man. It's AP over here, Cordo. How's it going, How mate? How are you, buddy? I'm good. Now, we are both in the midst of corporate pain. Yeah, we have work. <laughs> <laughs> but it's also a very interesting week. A big week in the sporting world. Yes, where we both made the slightly maybe mistimed error of forgetting that unfortunately when Super Bowl falls on a Monday morning that the rest of the world does not stop in the background. Yeah, it's great like that. But um but no, as uh some of you will be aware, I've had the and Courtney as well, but our birthdays tend to always fall within the exact same date every year. <laughs> Funnily, funnily enough, the date of the birthdays don't change, uh, but they do coincide with Super Bowl. So I yep. often take the day off and Cordo, you managed to take the one off this year. But um, look, it's an interesting spectacle, the old uh, Super Bowl, um, but it is growing. It's very much a growing um, you know, event that the Aussie populace are getting around. There's a lot more pubs yeah. offering stuff. And I mean, let's be fair, if you're a pub on a Monday and you can get 25 people in the door it's probably 25 more people than you were going to get last monday exactly it's not uh old boy Jono who's 77 and comes in to have his four scotches and bet on the dogs no nah, yeah upper class you're making yeah. it all happen but yeah. um but look objectively there's more to talk about with the super bowl than just the super bowl so Cordo, yeah. what were your thoughts on the whole package um i thought they did well considering the ongoing pandemic. If we're talking about sports and making it still feel like sport, I actually, whilst watching the Super Bowl, and I'm talking everything from pre-game, halftime to the end, I actually didn't notice as much as I thought I would have the things that weren't quite the same. Does that make sense? Yep. Like there were only a few times that I was like, uh, most of that was like you could feel the crowd was kind of fudged and not quite there. Like I wasn't getting, especially because it was a Tampa Bay home game. Mm. I was, you know, can you imagine what that would have been like in just everyday life? It would have been just crazy energy. But the product itself was still good. The game, not that I'm an expert, the game was probably a little bit of a fizz in terms of just like, Oh, but the whole like undertone of the game was pretty epic. Seeing a 43-year-old dude school the young cat. Everyone loves seeing the old master school the young cat. Yeah, it's look, it's a very, I agree with you, it's a, it a bit of a fizzler type game. That's the, probably the best way to describe it. But it was more a game built off, um, I guess, what didn't happen as, as opposed to what did. So yeah. the expectation was that the... The Chiefs train comes rolling and uh, the God incarnate, which is Mahomes, uh, he wins. But <laughs> turns out when you have a patchy offensive line, you can't win. So Exactly. But um, the, other, the other massive one out there is obviously the halftime entertainment. Yeah. And the which, ads. And we, so we were also lucky enough. Yeah. So uh, as a side note, I'm going to have a bit of a bitch. Um, <laughs> I kept give my, the listeners what they want. I kept my KO membership purely up until this day to encapsulate it. For whatever reason, ESPN do something very obscure. So CBS actually had the um, the rights this year, uh, which was Tony Romo and Jim Nance. 
And Tony yeah. Romo and Jim Nance are a great, great combo. Um, you know, much more appreciative to watch. Instead, we got a couple of side American guys who I haven't heard of before, basically dumbing down the Super Bowl presentation like you've never seen. <laughs> uh, a sport, not even not even NFL, just sport. Yeah. Um, and then just just a just embarrassing where it's just like, oh, what oh, what you got there is that's a throw. <laughs> And you're like, thanks. So very quickly got off the KO bandwagon and then had to go find other alternate means to watch the CBS stream, which was annoying, uh, but also great because we've got all the American ads and the American yes. ads are fantastic. That is one thing that cannot be faulted is that Australian ads suck. Yeah. And even their ads for something as mundane, like going to the doctors and getting a health check, amazing. Just absolutely yes. amazing. Yeah. Uh, I love that the whole population of the US sort of creative director, like every ad man in America or ad woman in America, I love that they go, what's your product? This. Where do you want to run it? Super Bowl. Celebrity cameo. So, yeah. What, what do you got? Who are we getting? It really is just who who is willing to get some free money for 30 seconds. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. What's nearly a grade star? Do you want to pay a crap load of money to to pop up in your ad? So I will give a couple of shout outs. I won't go through all of them, but there was a couple that genuinely, genuinely got some laughs when we watched it. The big one was, so do yourself a favor, go watch them. It sounds very um, uh, Molly Meldrum of me. Do yourself a favor, yeah. get it there, pick up the album. Um, <laughs> the Doritos 3D one with Maddie. With Maddie Mac, absolutely genius. That was that was awesome. That was actually that was just straight up awesome. Yeah. Um, it doesn't help that he could be in anything, and I would still enjoy it. So yeah, but, straight up Doritos. Uh, the M and M's one that was pretty good as well. Yeah. Uh, the apology one. Uh, there was another one that's gone of the what? Will Ferrell electric car one, the Cadillac electric car. Oh, that's right. We're there. going to Norway. We're going to Norway. <laughs> <laughs> that, that, that was very good. Um, but look, they're awesome. Um, they're, the halftime show, The weekend, yeah, was interesting. It was interesting in a pandemic how they managed to do it. But I'm also not too sold on the fact that The weekend is a Super Bowl, a typical Super Bowl act. But I actually think it kind of worked with the whole the year that it has. Yeah, it, I mean, look, we loved it because it gave us so many awesome memes about the game where they were using the clip of the weekend, like panically running through that weird room that they'd created. You know, the correlation to that to Mahomes, like in the pocket with the ball was just too genius. But you're right. It This is going to sound terrible because I actually like the weekend, as in I like his music. But when I watched it, he was dressed like MJ in the thriller outfit kind of vibe. So he had the red shiny jacket. He had the one glove on. He had the shiny shoes. He sings like MJ. Most of his beats feel very MJ. So I kept going, this feels a little bit like a kind of an MJ tribute act. Mm. Like, it, you're right. It didn't quite feel Super Bowl-y. Yeah. And, that's a thing. And look, my, my take on Super Bowl is that the more ridiculous the act that steers more into the Super Bowl skid. Yes. So 
I have no shame in this, but the Katy Perry halftime where she, the, the literal, her first <laughs> moment of the halftime show was her riding a giant lion or something like that. <laughs> Utterly oh. ridiculous. But that's, but that's, that's a Super Bowl halftime show. Come on, man. It's pretty funny. This is, this is one of those, like, beep, the sidelines will return <laughs> after this break. But I mean, the, and the other last elite one I would have hands down said would have been the, the Beyonce, um, Bruno Mars, and unfortunately the guy from Coldplay. Because um, that, again, yeah. that's, that's sort of what the show works itself to be. It's these big, danty, um, upbeat, bang, 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 over yeah. the top songs. Uh, yeah. The weekend, to be honest, I think it worked more because of the pandemic because there wasn't a lot of things that people could do. So it sort of, weirdly enough, was okay. Yeah. Yeah, I miss like the Prince halftime show where he's just got so much crap going on, but he just decides, you know what, I'm going to do a five-minute guitar solo and you can't tell me not to. Yeah. And it's going to be ridiculous and epic. So again, ridiculous, over the top. Yeah. Well, look at MJ's one. MJ's one is the benchmark. We can agree on that. It begins with him flying out of the floor, landing in a metallic military jacket with the most gangster reflective aviators on, and he doesn't move for like two minutes. Remember that? He just freezes, and the crowd goes nuts. Yeah, so normally they give him a limited time, but they don't give MJ limited time. Yeah, it's like, uh, Michael, so you're going to come out, and the song will begin uh, 10 seconds into the act. Uh, No, it won't. Sorry, what, Michael? No, no, I won't. I'm going to stand. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> like that. Did you ever watch the doco after he passed away, the This Is It one, that they kind of dodgily cobbled together with the practice footage? Yes. I but know the one, one I didn't watch it. There's one epic scene, and he's doing, I think, Thriller. And there's the band, and there's like 30 of them in the band. You know, there's multiple strings, guitars. The Aussie girl was his guitarist. Oriente. The blonde girl. Yep. And a few other instruments. And he's doing Thriller. And all of a sudden, like mid-rehearsal, he just goes, no, wait, 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 wait. And I can't really exactly. He's like, um, the left violin, I think your like, C string is slightly out. <laughs> you know, and the guy's like, Oh, damn. Thanks, Michael. You know, like, (laughs) and you realize instantly he's on another level. That is very apparent, which we won't go into. (laughs) Yeah, but anyway, I totally sidetracked the whole point. But look, um, continuing on from the Super Bowl theme, there's lots of talks about who's the best. Yes. As it happens. So because we know that, People like it when we talk about sports stuff, but without generally sports stuff, we're going to yep. do what I've called Goat Week. So similar to Shark Week, but yep. we don't have a multi-million dollar Discovery Channel budget. We don't have any <laughs> slow-mo cameras, um, but we've got narrators, which is us. So here does, we are. Does it need an intro song? Yeah, look, I was going to ask you to do like a real cool like <sighs> intro-y thing, but I don't know whether you're going to have time to do that. <laughs> Yeah, I could do the old, like, Ricky Gervais show style where he's just like, ooh, goat week. <laughs> Something. A, yeah. a, a little bit of a an interlude. But, um, but look, yeah. first, first little interesting segue for goat week. Um, as two people who watch a lot of American sports, yeah. it's very obscure that Americans spend more time talking about if a guy is going to live up to somebody else's legacy rather than just enjoying any of the players for whatever it is they're doing now. 
Yeah. So the whole Brady versus Mahomes thing, there was countless and countless arguments, talks. You know, if Mahomes wins, technically speaking, you would say that he's on path to beat Brady as the greatest of all time. If Brady wins and he gets it, it's sort of like, can't we just watch a, a good match? Yeah. Can't, you know, Mahomes could win another eight. Does it really matter? There's a very... It's a very obscure way to get lost of it. And this, again, it's very, very apparent in American sports where you can't just watch LeBron. LeBron has a game and he gets a dunk. And you're like, oh, that's a pretty cool dunk. And suddenly within two hours, it's like if MJ had had the ball there, he would have done a higher, more ferocious dunk because he's the GOAT. <laughs> and you're like, yeah. oh, I could just, you know, it's still a pretty good dunk. Like, <laughs> I, can't, yeah. I can't dunk. Um I thought it was good and they won. Well, you know, whatever it is. So it's very, I don't know what it is because, you know, we've watched a lot of footy, but no one really talks about AFL in that same light. Yeah. That, no, that's a really good point. And I mean, I wish we had our old mate Jonah on because we could drag him into this, but it's probably better to throw darts at US yeah. sports commentary when he's not here and he can't defend it. But you're right. It does feel like, okay, if there was some extra disciples uh, in biblical times, and they were Americans. Like, would the you know we've got the Old Testament, the New Testament. Would the Newer Testament be one of them writing about like is such and such going to live up to what Jesus did? Like, Jesus did this. Is it going to be able to fulfill the legacy that Jesus set? You know what, what I mean? the fourteenth apostles sitting there going, Jesus, did you know that Moses had ten commandments? He's like, what do you mean? <laughs> what do you mean ten? Exactly. It's just like I wrote a book. Actually, I've got four yeah. blokes to write a book. And he's like, yeah. well, is there any yeah. commandments in there, though? Because without those commandments, your achievements kind of mean nothing. Yeah, like exactly. Like, you're going to have... Yeah, and then the third one on the side who's there to just inflame. Like, overrated. Overrated. Like, But yeah, it, it's... I think I, I have a theory as to why it is. And I flagged with you if you're going to go down this path. I have a theory. Do you want to hear it? Shoot. This is Goat Week. Yes. Ratings. Oh, Discussion yeah. <laughs> about goats is ratings. It really it, is clickbait. It is absolute clickbait in its purest form because it evokes passion, frustration, annoyance, narcissism, all the things that the internet feeds off. The internet's like an evil entity and the more narcissistic and dickheadish you are, it like grows stronger. But again... Eh- Probably, you are right, it's more to do with the culture, but even, like, I, I'd go back to all the articles about, ten, like, tennis, for example. You don't get the same Americans writing about tennis the same way. True. But is that because basketball is an American sport? Like, it is. It is genuinely something, was it Dr. Naismith had people pegging, like, a soccer ball or something into, like, apple baskets in a gym? Mm-hmm. It's an American, like, pastime. Maybe there's, like, a bit of ownership over it. But basketball, I feel like basketball is just as much a cultural thing for society as it is a sport. Mm. And very much. I just get annoyed because I just like watching guys who I enjoy. Yeah. 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 And you almost are forced to pick a side. Yeah. And maybe that's because we're Australian and we're too lazy. Yeah, we'd rather just go, oh, yeah, he's all right. (laughs) Yeah, and you're right. And I think even like, say, Richmond, we love piling on them at the moment. 
but you're not going to find many Aussies that could genuinely tell you that Dustin Martin is not a big game clutch player. But similarly, you're also not going to at the the flip side of that. You don't sit there and say, "Well, I don't care if Richmond win again this year; they're never going to be the greatest dynasty of all time." No one kind yeah, of yeah. no one kind of cares. Yeah, it's like yeah, if they like win. That. If they win, they'll be up there. Yeah, it's all about rings. Trent Cotchin has more rings than Gary Ablett. Yeah, that kind of shit. So yeah, look, it's a um, it's an annoying one, but look. We could t- talk about that one for a long time. But off the back yeah. of the debate, I've got a few questions for you. So I've got a little bit of a game. All right. But I'm going to lead you into the game with one simple line item. What's more impressive to win? Now, I ask this question because, again, watching a lot of American sport, so there's lots of things like, you know, winning an NBA championship is hard. Winning two NBA championships is impossible. Winning an NFL Super Bowl is impossible. Winning two, again, all these different sports and all about everything's hard to win. Let's factually say that winning any type of sport on any elite level is difficult. Yeah. But what do you think is the hardest one? I would actually say the Masters because it's over four days. The field is how big? 128, I think. Yep. Yeah. And your margin for error is pretty freaking small when you look at the scorecards at the end of it all and what your opponents are doing. And you're playing in an uncontrollable variable. Yes. And there is a real heavy science to golf versus just, you know, Look, you can be a blessed athlete, but it really doesn't mean much in golf unless you have that mental, scientific, methodical ability combined with athletic nous. Mm. So that's, yeah, I would say that. I was going to go with either golf or tennis. Again, for that similar reason, winning Wimbledon is seven matches. Or winning, yeah. Winning you know, seven matches. You need to play seven Seven games yeah. against the well, I think it's still also the top one twenty eight, um, top one hundred twenty eight players in the world, uh, in elements with various degrees of, who knows what could happen. Uh, you're playing one person. You could be having a bad day. They could be having the best day of their life. There's so many different things, and not, team sports is a lot more. Let's just call it buffer. Yes. And both golf and tennis kind of have limited umpire interaction. Yeah. Yeah, losing one point in in tennis, you know, from an umpire's missed line call shouldn't uh, change it. Yeah. I say shouldn't, but, you know, NFL and NBA, there's a lot more that wasn't a foul, that wasn't a flag, that wasn't a call. Yeah, you're right. You are absolutely the master of your destiny. Oh, excuse me. <clears throat> the master of your destiny in those sports. So, leading on from that, we're going to take a little side on what's more impressive. So, okay. these are off the cuff. Yeah. What's more impressive? Finishing the last book of Game of Thrones that has still yet to be written? <laughs> Or writing a brand new fourth Lord of the Rings book. 
<laughs> um, I'll go the Lord of the Rings book because that shit's on a whole nother level. Yep, good call. I would have gone with and, that. And you could make a case that like Game of Thrones is just kind of like taken that that kind of like theme and just evolved it a bit. Mm, good. All right. But but yeah. Are you ready for the next one? <laughs> yeah. What's more impressive? Heating back a serve from Roger Federer or hitting a Warney leg spinner? I reckon the Warney leg spinner. Because if you close your eyes and put the racket in the right spot, you could theoretically get lucky. It's not happening. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, it probably won't happen. I think it's but more it's- theoretically possible you could put the bat in the right spot. A smaller area. Are we okay? Are we talking peak like fat bleached hair dart warning when he was bowling deliveries that defied like logic? Yeah, but it's not day five pitch. It's day one pitch. Ooh, then yeah, the Fed. Yeah, because I feel like Fed could look at say me and go, "He's out of shape. I'm going <laughs> to hit it right there," and I know that he can't react quick enough or get there, and that'll happen. What? Whereas Warney goes, "My man." Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Warney goes, hey, same as me. <laughs> Try my cologne. So, yeah I, I, yeah, I take your point. Probably the Fed serve now that I think about it. <laughs> okay. You ready, one? Yeah. Taking a punch from Mike Tyson oh. or taking a kick slash punch, I'll let you choose, from yeah. Connor. I mean, are you still alive after the Tyson punch? I don't know, are you? No. <laughs> you or I are not alive. You maybe. You've done some boxing. I feel like you've got way more of a chin than I probably do. But I would... If someone said to me, Mike Tyson is going to hit you and AP as hard as he can with an uppercut, you will win a million dollars if you can stay alive. I'm not going. I'm not already googling where the Porsche dealership is for the day after. If you catch my drift, that's loser talk. You got to be optimistic that you'll live. <laughs> uh, I, I just, I can't get past it. Like, I mean, older Mike, maybe not. Older, like, uh, I'm all about the, you know the children. Like, yeah, that Mike, maybe not. But I still, I watched him in that charity expo boxing thing that he did. And he's hitting the heavy bag and stuff, and it was making like the skin crawl on the back of my neck at how hard he can still throw hands. And he's like late fifties. Yeah, Duke and Duke can hit. Yeah, I mean Connor, like he'd probably knock me out, but I feel like I could still eat the kick and survive. Right, that's a good answer. I'm happy with yeah. that. And yeah. finally, what's more impressive of a feat? Mm. Listening to an entire Cardi B album. <laughs> or you stop listening to Stairway to Heaven before the solo kicks in. <laughs> Much like the Mike Tyson one, am I still alive after listening to the whole Cardi B album or have I either A, just self-combusted and died or B, hurled myself off a balcony? Um, oh. I'm going to say the Cardi B one 
for one reason. Because I loved the Stairway to Heaven solo so much, I could like mentally hear it in my head after hitting stop. <laughs> Does that make sense? Yes. You know what I mean? Like I could then turn it off and I could do that. Like, so you're cheating. But I like well, it. You've got creative. Yeah. You've, you've circumnavigated. Don't get me wrong. I'd feel incredibly dirty after doing that. Like I'd feel not right. It'd be like making eye contact with a stranger for just way too much on public transport. You'd feel weird afterwards and go, why did I do that? Mm. Okay, that's the end of my what's more impressive game. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. That's genius. All right, so again, we're going down the path now of our goat week. So similar theme, but I'm going to rephrase the goat question. Okay. So... This is more to do around what's actually not going to be repeated. Yeah. But I want to talk about more in, I guess, an athlete sense as opposed to an achievement sense. Okay. So I'll give you an example. Um, I would say on paper, you could make the case that Jordan was repeated because Kobe was almost Jordan... All the same moves, Ooh. a lot of the same moves, a lot of the same Ooh. drive, same build. You kind of get the point I'm trying to make. A little bit. You're talking like athlete, yeah, not actual achievements. Yeah, so I'm not really talking about rings and that sort of thing, but you yeah, can sort of okay. make a bit of a case for it. So like I would say that in the basketball realm, LeBron's like a freight train who can yep. move really – that just seems less likely to be repeated – than, you know, well, as I said, Jordan was repeated sort of with Kobe. I say sort of because, again, I'm pointing, painting some broad brushes because I wrote yeah. this thing. Yeah. Um, but again, <laughs> so I've got another couple of examples for you and I want your take on it. Okay. Tiger Woods. No. Nah. Can't be repeated. He's, yeah, he's too rare. Like uh, last night I was sitting on the couch and I made the mistake of going onto YouTube when I was bored and I watched one golf video and then it recommended more golf videos. And I found myself watching a tailor-made YouTube video with Jason Day, Rory McIlroy and Tiger and they're all mic'd up. It's actually pretty cool. And they're literally just chipping and they're talking about each other's swings and how they like to play their shots and stuff. And I found myself going, man, Tiger is like a cyborg. There is something about him that is just... And like he was telling Jason Day what he's doing and why he can't do that because of this and why, oh, yeah, I get why you're doing that because you're trying to do this. And Jason Day's like, oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like I have seen that. It's a great, it's a great sort of clip. Yeah. And then when... But so Tiger goes from like robot weirdo to then also chirping Jason Day for like barely playing on tour. So he's like also had elite lip and Jason's like, you can see him just go, fuck off. Like, (laughs) See, I've got an interesting take on this one. Okay. Achievements wise, no chance. But I think that's more a product of circumstance. With Tiger? Yes. How so? So... I think that Tiger and golf, like, let's be honest, definite athlete, all these sort of things. But he was kind of the start of that 
that kid generation mm. where before that age, there was no such thing as a kid playing golf when he was three. Yeah. It just wasn't done. Now, every kid's playing golf when they're three. If their parents are like, yeah, play golf. It's like yep. a great moneymaker. Um, yeah. So you got more of that. He was also sort of one of the first ones to really get into training. I really yeah. pushed the boundaries of what golfers did. I mean, he was effectively on the tour when John Daly was still winning. Yeah. So also the competition he was playing against, while elite, they weren't elite, elite like now, as in the pack probably wasn't as firm as it is now. I mean, now yeah. you've got ridiculous driving distances. Um, winning winning often is seemingly difficult because it's starting to get thinner and thinner the margins between the first-ranked guy and the 30th-ranked guy. Yeah. But again, that's my little interesting take on that one. Some might say to you that MJ Isora is a little bit built off that, that basketball was still sort of coming out of its shell in the 80s and MJ, sorry, and uh, Magic and Larry Bird brought it to like this level, but then Michael brought the shoes, the sponsorships, the aura, the marketing for this, and Mm. that's all kind of like lifted him up. Yeah, and now it's, you know, if you're a kid and you want to play NBA, you don't just muck around and have shots. You you know from hearing anecdotally that all these players, all these elite NBA players would shoot a thousand free throws a day. If you're not shooting a thousand free throws a day, don't even try to think don't about bother. even thinking about joining the NBA. Yeah, that's interesting that you say that. The only thing I would point out though is that Tigers had that many surgeries, including what, like being fused through his spine and hip and are still able to like adjust his game to be... Epic. Oh, he's clinging. <laughs> but still, I did find off the back of that one, one thing I found interesting was that I you know, was going to mention Federer and Nadal. And I yeah. find them also similarly placed at that, that youth tennis, that sort of similar yeah. Tiger era. But yeah. weirdly enough, they are still just, you know, at the top of the game. Do you, like, are they repeatable? Because I don't think they are. No, and point in case is, like, Djokovic. Djokovic has started to fade, right? Mm. Like, and you're right, they came along at an era where it felt like tennis went to, you're right, that obsessive, methodical, nutritionists, Pilates, sports science. Like, all of a sudden, sport has become this, like, a commodity that requires all this investment and this, that, the other. The days of, like, a dude waking up and going to, like, an arena and playing are gone. You now have armies of people. What those guys have done is insane. Yes. Like, to effectively control Wimbledon and the French Open is ridiculous. I mean, you cannot be stated that a guy shouldn't still be... All, all the next era guys that step up and it's just like, this is the new guy who's going to take the... T- oh, no, wait, he bowed out in the first round. Yeah. It's like, oh, who's going to yeah. be in the semis? Oh, the same four guys. Yeah, and what's really scary is you look at all the dudes that have come along and won slams but then have just faded and disappeared off the face of the planet. Yeah, it's... They've come and gone in between their careers. Yeah, that's... 
It's that's scary. Absurd. I mean, Brady's a little bit like that, but Brady seems to just have this like level of understanding of the game that surpasses everybody. Yeah, his his game is built around sort of surviving. Yes, but we've also never seen how well he plays in a team of absolute spuds. Also very true. So he could just be one of those, like, he's like the elite cream on top of the Sunday. Um, yeah, that's a fascinating way to look at it. I mean, I look at what Wayne Gretzky did in ice hockey. I don't think that can ever be replicated. I, I still can't for the life of me understand how Gretzky did what he did in terms of having more assists than anybody else has goals and assists. That stuff to me, I don't think that's ever going to be replicated. Don Bradman, what he did in cricket, like, you know, for international audiences, they probably don't know cricket that well, but, you know, his batting average of, oh gosh, as an Australian, I should know this. I think it's 94 or something. 99. It's 99. Is it 99.3 or something? Something like that. He needed like a handful of runs in the last test. That's right. Gee, that's shameful by me. I should have known that. Um, the fact that his batting average is basically double anybody else. Yeah, this, that's insane. And that was in like an that. era when no one knew shit. You just were good or you weren't. Yeah, I mean, it's like things like, you know, Babe Ruth's like a million home runs. But I mean... You know, there's guys who could do it. It's just also the competition lifts. Yes. But, yeah, no, I think you're spot on. Or there's Walter Lindrum, the Aussie uh, snooker player, where they literally changed the rules of the game because no one could beat him. That's what I want. That's pretty cool. I just want some rule changes. Yeah, like (laughs) that's epic when they literally go, you know what, stuff this. We're changing this, 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 and this because it's no fun for anybody anymore. Now, look, to cap off Goat Week. Yes. I've got one more question for you. All right. I want you to answer who your goats are. Okay. And why. All right. I'm happy to lead off on this one and give some additional context as to why I ask this. I'll, I'll start with one because I touched on him before, and that's Wayne Gretzky. Because ice hockey to me is a sport of like prow- like physical prowess. Like you've got to be a beast. But you've got to be smart. You've got to have skill. And you just have to understand the game on a level that nobody else does. And I'm biased because I love ice hockey. But I don't think it takes a genius to look at an all-time points list, cups, everything, and go, whoa. What he did was ridiculous. He scored at will. He got traded to a dog shit franchise, the LA Kings. He dragged them to the Stanley Cup finals. He didn't win it, but he still, you know, effectively like they shoved him in like the Mighty Ducks. He was like the Adam Banks going to the Mighty Ducks and he dragged them to the big game. Like, but he was also just a really nice guy. So he didn't even have that dickhead alpha personality that, we kind of put up with because they're so good at their sport. He was just not a dirty player. So, yeah, he's he's the top of my pile. My next one is MJ. And that's because it's, it's perfection. Or as close as you'll get to it for 
elite athlete who's won a lot. No losses on the resume is big. Yes, yeah, so all if- your other goats have got losses on their resume in the big games. He's the only one that doesn't. See, for me, I never really like MJ is the all time, but I think I probably hold more that I never saw him live. Yeah, you know, I got you know watching replays of Jordan play years afterwards isn't really it doesn't it doesn't hold a candle to what it was going on at the time. Yeah. So for me, I prefer watching LeBron because I get to watch LeBron now. Yeah, that makes sense. And it's just like, well, that's enjoyable, you know, get to live in this this era of whatever the hell is going on and the chapter's still being written. But again, I can see exactly why people love Jordan. I mean, I'm not saying Jordan's rubbish. He's definitely pretty good. Um, but, you know, the same goes to me with tennis. You know, grew up in the watching some of the early days tennis. And sort of, you know, a bit of everyone. Everyone was good. Like every, everyone was great. And then suddenly Federer rocks up and you're watching this guy in real time just be better yeah. than everyone and you're like, what? What do you mean? Like, what's this wizard doing? Like, he's yeah. faster. Like, everything was better. And he's such a nice guy. But the the real one really is that for me. It's just like you can make the case for anyone being the best. But if you're seeing them in real time, you're always going to lean that way. Yeah, because you you know you're akin to what they're doing in your era of sport watching. Yeah, I get that. I respect that. And maybe that's why we think Brady's so amazing because we've wa- literally watched him since we were teenagers. Yeah, that's right. And it feels almost like he's taken the piss, like there's something we don't know. He's making it look that stock standard. And you could also say that Brady's been fortunate to grow with the game where they keep helping the offensive, you know, the game's being more offensive. As you get smarter as a quarterback and learn more about the game and the defense can do less and less, but you can suddenly be more potent on offense than that works out well for you. But isn't that your whole boy LeBron's legacy? (laughs) Hey! Not really. (laughs) (laughs) The dude's still a freight train. In a game where you can no longer literally do anything if you sneeze in the wrong direction, you get a foul. But In the NFL, like a QB throwing 200 yards 15 years ago was a huge game. Yeah. Now you yeah. can throw 300 yards and get beaten by 25 points. Yeah, you're right. And we're seeing it in sports like basketball too, where like guys that you know they're spuds, but they're averaging bulk stats. 35, like, 35 points. And you're like, what? Yeah. And it'd be like, Bradley Beal has broken Michael Jordan's record for the fastest start to a season. And you're just like, uh, okay, yeah, sure. Yeah. No one cares. That's legit. All right. I think, is that is that all for Goat Week? I don't want to cut Goat Week off at the tail. No, hey. that's Goat Week. Unless we're thinking more Goat Week stuff later on. <laughs> all right, my man. For everybody out there listening, we thank you very much for your time. Let us know if you have your goats. We want to hear your goats. Maybe your goat was, you know, some backyard cricket where you infamously hit 647 not out over a two-weekend test match against your cousins. Maybe you claim that you dunked on a real-sized ring when you were 12, but no one was there to see it. We want to hear about it. AP, thanks, my man. Uh, thanks, Cordo. Folks at the Sidelines Media, we're on all major podcast platforms, but not on the dodgy ones because <laughs> we don't want to degrade ourselves. <laughs> we're elite. 
Yeah, that's <laughs> it. We're goats. We're goats. Thanks, my man. Now, thanks, Kurt. Bye.